Uh, Pico de Orizaba was my first big mountain. I looked at the same guides and booked a hotel and we all just went. Sunny days, no clouds in sight. It was beautiful. Next day we got up, you saw every single star in the sky. I think like I felt prepared physically, but what really affected me was the lack of preparation mentally. When you go up, it's no longer only about you. That's that's where it gets that's where it gets tricky. Having these terrible headaches, I was so dizzy I couldn't even I couldn't even see like my my feet where where, where they were supposed to go. So then I just I just quit mentally. I couldn't focus anymore, and I came down. And as I was coming down, like ten minutes in, I I saw the sunrise. Hello, welcome back again. My name is Jose Alvarez. I'm here with Corey Austin. And today, for episode 8, we're going to be talking about the mountain slayers. The Trans-Mexican Volcanic Belt, or Sierra Madre, is a volcanic belt that covers central-southern Mexico. The highest peaks in Mexico, and even some in North America, can be found here, among central states such as Puebla, Morelos, and Veracruz. So, Corey, I understand that you have something to do with the creation of this group of climbers? Well, a few years back, we created a hiking and climbing club here at the American School Foundation in Monterey. Because of liability issues, we couldn't, we kind of had to cut the climbing part out, and we just stuck to the, the hiking, so we just really looked around our, our city, and we, we went on all the lo local hikes that we could. What is the highest that you can go in a hike around here in Monterey? Around Monterey, you can't get too high. I think around 2,000 meters is about where you'd max, max out. Um, about, I think, two, three hours away, there is, a, there is a peak where you can get pretty high. I think it's about 3,800 meters. Did you do that with them? or did... I did not actually do that to them, but in preparation for, for uh, some training that, that we went through to get on into the training for the big mountain, the, the students did that multiple times. Is the Cihuatl, I think, is was your first big mountain with them? Yeah, so it, uh, the the Sleeping Mother, also known as, so yeah, that that's uh, sitting at about five thousand three hundred meters, seventeen thousand something feet. Um, but that was the first big mountain that, that we uh, that we took on. You basically doubled up that preparation hike you did here in Monterey. Yeah, well, it, and it's all the driving force of, of one student. So we had one active hiker, you know, she started in, in, I think, eighth or ninth grade, but by the time she was in 10th grade, Lucio Romero uh, just wanted something bigger. So she approached me in early 2017, and she said, uh, Mr. Austin, I, I wanna do a big mountain. And I said, well, Sure, if you, if you want to kind of plan it and organize it, I'll be the teacher behind, I'll, I'll support it, I'll, I'll go on it, and uh, let, let, let's see what happens. Yeah, I was really sad not to be able to make that trip, but um, then I kind of just like closed my eyes for a little second, and here we are about to tell their story of their second big mountain attempt. Yeah, well, what's really cool is through Lucia again, through her leadership, and just like, I don't know, her uh, will, first dedication. Yeah, she wanting, has the whole package. Yeah, yes. just wanting more. Um, here we are a year later, and uh, the second big mountain, uh, Pico Orizaba, which is the third highest peak in North America, the highest peak in Mexico, at uh, 5,600 meters. Uh, again, she planned and, and took a group of students. Uh, from from our school, from our community, on on that on that mountain trip, and well, this is their story. So hi guys, my name is Fernando Dodoli. Uh, Pico de Orizaba was my first big mountain. Um, I'm Lucy Romero, and Pico Orizaba is my third, um, my second here in Mexico, and the highest in Mexico. My name is Diego Cantu. I've been hiking all my life, but I think the one I'm most proud of is Pico Risa, being the tallest in Mexico. Uh, my name is Juan Pablo Torres, and Pico Risa was my second high altitude mountain after Isasiwatu, both in Mexico. 
My name is Ines Barcena, and Picorisa was also my bird, my first big mountain, and I'm fairly new to the hiking scene. Just like Ines, my, uh, my name is Daniel Lorenzen, and just like Ines, I am also new to this, and my first big one, well, attempted one, was Este Picorisa. Yeah, uh, my name is Mariano Ortiz, and like Daniel and like Ines, uh, Picorisa was my first big mountain. I'd been on, uh, on smaller hikes before, but Okay, so we're going to get started. Um, I'm going to just say, so tell us how a group of high school students get themselves to the top of the, some of the highest peaks in North America. So how did it all start? To that, we have to start with Lucy. She was the one that organized everything. What is everything, Lucy? <laughs> well, um, I, the year before, I had been um, like wanting to go to Iztaccíhuatl. So I decided to organize it for the school just because I wanted to like get people first interested in coming but then this year I thought about doing it um, by myself and I just looked at the same guides and booked a hotel and we all just went. <laughs> um, you referenced a mountain there can you just um, give us some details on where it is how high it is and some of the, the details of that mountain? Most of our listeners can't even pronounce it, so like... Well, first of all, it's called Iztaccíhuatl, which means La Mujer Dormida, which is the sleeping lady. Um, it's the third highest peak in Mexico, and it's um, a, a stratovolcano. Well, actually, it has various, like, volcanoes um, in the area. And uh, it, it was a very hard... Mm, journey I would I would say to get there first of all the organizing but then the actual like climbing it but uh, compared to Picorizaba I would say Picorizaba is the hardest of all and, and to give us uh, just ref another reference point how high are the, you're saying highest peaks three highest peaks in Mexico can you give us an idea of how high that is and anybody it's, for that matter yeah well it starts 4,200 meters and 5,200 don't worry we'll fact check everything <laughs> yeah, so as I have understood Picorizaba is at like 5,600-ish uh -huh. meters mm -hmm. yeah. okay. and um, Ista is at like 5,200 mm -hmm. yeah okay yeah um, so what did you have to do to prepare for the climb so 5,600 meters that's that's quite a few kilometers above sea level. So what kind of preparations did you have to do to, to get there? Or, or if you, did you all prepare together or each one of you had his own different thing going because of time restrictions and share a little bit of that, please. I think each of us had our, our different plans the, depending on what level we thought we were on. I, for a fact, I, I trained at least three times a week and didn't have to be anything strenuous, just continuous uh, working on my legs, get them ready for what was for the task, but most importantly, just getting my mindset ready for, for what I was going to embark. Yeah, um, at least from my perspective, a lot of us, like, we did most of our major hikes together, and I would say, like, our biggest one in preparation um, was our highest mountain available to us here locally, uh, La Viga, which sits at um, 4, three, almost 4,000, yeah, so, so 3,700 meters, and uh, we did that together, we went up, we uh, we camped overnight, and uh, we came back down, it was a... Uh, it was a fun experience. It was a, quite a fun experience, it was it was tough, uh, for most of us it was the highest we'd ever gone. Mm -hmm. And uh, so are you feeling the uh, the altitude at 4,000? I did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely did. <laughs> um, I had a few episodes of throwing up up there. Um, we arrived. It was a it was a very interesting hike because um, when we were like halfway through the hike, it all of a sudden turned dark and we had to hike up without knowing like how far we had to go, and it was just like overall hard to get there. But when we got there, well, it was really cold. There was a lot of wind. We set up our camps and we all tried to sleep. Um, I woke up during the night a couple of times. I threw up, but other than that, it was a it was a fun experience, and some of us um, showed our chef qualities when we were cooking up there. <laughs> <laughs> I I definitely learned the lesson up there. I I went up 
not knowing what I was really getting myself into, and I went up with a 50-degree sleeping bag, uh, <laughs> sleeping at negative 8 degrees Celsius. was not... It was not fun. You, you can take the word sleeping away from that. Yeah, sentence. it was more of like a, like, a, like a blanket. <laughs> it was not fun. We're going to get into the essentials and gear in a minute, but if, if anyone else wants to comment on their on their, on their training or preparing. Well, preparing wasn't uh, physical for me. Well, it was, of course. But it was also mental, like getting into the idea that I would be climbing and especially knowing what I was getting into because I had already climbed. It was hard, and it took a year from my last big um, mountain to, like, get convinced to do something else. But um, I did have my doubts. Like, I started doubting myself, like, will I be able to make it? Um, but at the end of the day, it's just, like, if you want to do it, like, go for it. So a lot of mental preparation. Yeah. Yeah, like, for me, that I'm, like, kind of new to this, the thing, like, I felt prepared physically, but what really affected me was the lack of preparation mentally, because it's also, it's like, like, I would say, like, 80% of the work is mental, so, that, that's... So, so when you say mental, is it the, just the constant, like, is that kind of physical feeling of, like, pushing yourself on, keep going, I can do this, or like, can you talk about that a little bit? It's kind of a combination of respecting the place where you're going, as Torres would say. Um, and also kind of like mental patience, like like being able to endure like all of that for such a amount, like that amount of time and the temperature and all of that. And also, I don't know if anyone else wants to comment. Yeah, definitely what was most difficult for me, and I didn't really even get up that far because I, I felt very bad once I, <laughs> I once I started going up, but um, I mean it was my first real high altitude climb, and just the thought of doing the same thing over and over for eight hours until you get up to the top, like a very menial task, it was something that I was I was not prepared for. So, so in that respect, would you say that a little bit of like ignorance is good, or just having the attitude, or? that respect was the most important part? I think for me, like, it was not only the idea of just having endurance because I, I enjoyed running a lot. Um, I'm, like, training for Ironman, so, like, physically I was really up to it. My main problem was also, like, with the altitude. But other than that, it's just, um, it's very different when you're running, like, you're doing, a, it's, like, straight up, just, like, if you do 20 kilometers, like, a half marathon. It does require some mental endurance, however, this is completely different because you're looking at this mountain and you see your end goal is like right up there and and you have the idea of like, okay, I can get there in a few minutes, like it just looks so close, but after realizing it's going to take like 10 hours for you to get from your point all the way up there, it's just like amazing and, and at the same time terrifying because you're not sure of like how you're going to actually get up there and and that really causes you some terror inside and you're not sure like what you're going to do and that creates fear and that's not good. Did you, I mean, is that part of the being a group to support yourself about it? Like leave no man behind and kind of help each other out the way or sometimes that's a detriment like oh we can't keep advancing a certain pace because most of us are not enough uh, like not in the right state of mind or right shape. That's a very controversial question I'd say because there's this part in in Pico Rizaba in which you must be with a well you're with a partner while climbing up the glacier but if your partner decides he can't no longer keep going both of you are going to have to go down and as for the rest of the for the rest of the ascent I'm pretty sure it doesn't really matter if your group is going a bit slow or if somebody's holding you back because you're still going to keep going forward but as to that question, the moment you're both in the glacier and it's, it depends on one of either, it depends on your teammate and you, whether you go up, it's no longer only about you. That's, that's where it gets, that's where it gets tricky. Because personally, I would say that both scenarios are equally bad. Having to take your teammate down and having that burden of not letting your teammate get to the summit and not letting yourself get to the summit, but at the same time being that other teammate who couldn't get to the top because of, because of your partner. I'm curious, are you speaking from like experience? Did this happen? 
n- not necessarily. It it was close, and we, there's always that feeling in the back of your head that okay, like, maybe yeah. I can't get to the top because somebody else can get to the top. Like not holding the group back. Yeah, you need to have that in mind. Yeah. And I what? Sorry. And what about like like uh, weather wise? Like you know, I I've read that you can spend thousands of money and planning it to go to Everest and, and you have to stay, uh, stay at base camp because the weather is not mm-hmm. on your yeah. side at the time that you guys have, have enjoyed reasonably enough good weather for climbing or was it particularly tough in that uh, time of year? I mean, for, fortunately for us, the weather was quite perfect, to be honest. I mean, we got there, clear skies, sunny days, no clouds in sight. It was beautiful. Next day, we got up we saw every single star in the sky at 1 a.m. When, when, when we got up. And there was, I mean, I don't know, on the glacier I heard there was some wind, but other than that, it was pretty much a perfect day. So mm-hmm. we, we, couldn't, we couldn't have had better luck on the weather. Mm-hmm. And it was mostly because we, one of Lucy, investigated and saw that February was kind of like the perfect season to go to. So there was also other people that were like other people from Mexico that were going to climb it, that climb it on the same day because it was a long weekend and because of the weather and all that. Well, in the forecast, it appeared that it was going to be between minus 10 and minus 15 on the summit. But when we got there, it only went down to minus 5. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we I got pretty to, good weather. I talked to others who had gone previously in like two months before that. And when they reached the summit, it was like full of snow. But when when we reached the summit, it was sunny and we could lay down. I, I didn't even have my my mid layer on, just a base layer. I didn't. I wasn't even cold. So, just to give some time frame reference, it was about March a year ago that we that the the school yeah. group did its uh East Asiwa. Yeah. yeah. And then this most recent one, which is the highest peak in Mexico, mm-hmm. was done when. Um. February the 1st. 2019. Okay, it was a Super Bowl weekend. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, did you watch the game up there? On uh, the no. <laughs> we went down. And did we get to the game? Yeah. Okay, well, I, I, did. I was showering. No, take me to the game. So, <laughs> I'm interested to know, and you guys were starting to like Super Bowl weekend, but what is the itinerary like day one through four? Because I know that you don't just like show up to a high altitude mountain and go up and go down. Um, there's a little, or maybe you do. You kind of did Yeah. Okay. You're not supposed to. Yeah. So take us through kind of the itinerary or what you recall in your mind and body, and you can, you know, take turns sharing your own experience. Okay, I'll start. So, Friday. Friday, we woke up at like 6 a.m., no, like 5 a.m., um, and we went to the airport each individually, but then we, our flight got delayed by like four hours, so we stayed there in the airport waiting and waiting, and finally, we arrived to Puebla. We, um, we just walked around Puebla, had a fun time. Museums. Museums. And Puebla is... Is it the start? Because I know, like, what altitude is Puebla at? I know that it's like two thousand two hundred. So it's mm-hmm. it's prepping you a bit it's just being there. Us. Yeah, because we come from like the six hundred. Yeah, the the lowest point locally is six hundred. So most of us, high. yeah, it it was much higher. Um, so yeah, we arrived. We had lunch. We visited museums. Um, tried to like take care of our bodies, like rest well that night we actually saw a the Everest <laughs> movie just to get ourselves oh, mentally prepped wow I don't know if that's inspiration it's <laughs> <laughs> like okay Scary. what can go wrong <laughs> yeah it was kind of like the opposite but it was nice to get an idea of what we would be doing the next day and then the day finally arrived someone wanna um, the, the day arrived, so it was a very long trip. Um, they, uh, they, uh, the um, group that were leading us, um, the guys that helped us out, uh, they picked us up at our airport, uh, at the hotel, and then we basically drove, and it was like a two-hour drive, uh, basically. Um, we got to a, like a smaller place, like a town, and we were there around a bit, and then we kept on going, and it was again like an hour, two hours more, until we actually reached 
like the place that we were supposed to like camp on. Like a base and, camp. Yeah, the uh-huh. base camp sort of. And I mean, it was a that was a fun day. We we hiked around. We made like a, a hike that would help us acclimate ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we uh, made like a, it was like a what a one hour two hour hike maybe. Mm-hmm. One hour hike. One hour. It was very it was very smooth. It was you just could feel the you could feel the altitude. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You could feel your lungs working really hard. And yeah, like, you, could, like you, you would sprint and then we'd be like out of breath. No. Uh-huh. Yeah. Why would you sprint? <laughs> <laughs> and the terrain like was also, one well, since the beginning, it's also kind of like volcanic ash. So you kind of sink with the steps you take. And the altitude like gave us a clear idea of what we were going to face the next Okay, day. and so time frame wise, you finish your like acclimatization hike at what time? Like four? Four, four o'clock. Four. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What happens next? Uh, we had the most amazing dinner. <laughs> lunch yes. slash dinner. It was like um, very rewarding after our first hike. And it was, it consisted of like vegan patties made of lentils and carrot. And I don't know what other Quinoa. magic stuff. Yeah. You have a few vegans. Quinoa. Quinoa. How many vegans in the room? I know on the trip I went, there were more than half vegans. <laughs> Okay, so you had an amazing meal? Yeah, the amazing meal. Yeah, a very big meal. And then we just rested. We just went to our tents, um, like two per tent, and mm-hmm. we slept early. Because or slept. Hmm. Yeah. I want to know that, like, I feel in the meal, I, just, I personally, it was, like, one of the best meals. Like, I've had, like... Not be, not only because of the food, because because of the company. Like mm. we were all just like so happy. I don't know if it was all the lack of hair or something, <laughs> but like everyone was laughing so hard. Like I think someone even fell off their fell Thank off their you. chair. I think it was oh, like right. part like nervous excitement or definitely. Like, Bro, it was, sure. Yeah. I was like and really was, happy to be there. It was really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think we were also very happy about how the guide the guides three summits adventure. <laughs> they were I think there's an inner joke in here. Yeah. <laughs> they were just like so um, happy so nice. to have it. Yeah. And it like we saw it through their like actions. Like they just treated us like kings and queens. And were they the same group that took. Yeah, they, they were the same group that took me and some other um, mates uh, last year to East to see what. Uh, I think it's worth it, it saying that like that Lucy yes completely organized a full trip for like fifteen people and I thought mm-hmm. it was really funny when we actually met the guides. They're like, what? What? Wh- who's Lucy? Where's Lucy? And I'm like, this is Lucy. She's a. <laughs> they were student. expecting this grown up. She was expecting <laughs> like an adult teacher with yeah. all the communication that so very professional communication skills. I thought that was funny. I'm like, no, this is Lucy. I'm not Lucy, but anyway, after dinner. Um, yeah, like 6 p.m. Sleeping. Then we tried. I personally didn't sleep, but <laughs> we tried sleeping from 6 p.m. to 12. Then 12, you get up. A.M. A.M. You have. I knew there was something here. <laughs> <laughs> you have a small breakfast. Our breakfast consisted of quesadillas and. The cake. What else? Like a like mm-hmm. a cake. Okay. Yeah. Carving up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which we weren't supposed to eat that much because of the altitude. Mm. <laughs> but but then at one 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 a.m. we started hiking and we headed to the mountain. I I started from one a.m. and got down at one p.m. One p.m. Okay. So and is that around the targeted time that? You're supposed to do everything. You normally have a time frame of eight hours. To go up and down, that that's like the max. That sounds like twelve. To go up, twelve hours. Oh, to go up. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Eight hours to go up. Yeah, and then four, four ah, okay. to go down. And eight, eight is the max. Yeah, eight is okay. the max. I was the first one to go down. Um, I had a rough night, so after going to sleep, I tried to fall asleep, and it was really hard. People who were still like talking and like some people who didn't really planning on sleeping, everyone sort of had their tents like with other people. I was sleeping in my own tent alone. I knew that I might be like have trouble with uh, throwing up, but I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to sleep, and I tried to sleep. It was hard. I then took out my laptop and I finished watching Everest. Um, probably not the best. <laughs> in the base camp. Yeah. In the base camp. 
I didn't know that. Yeah, like, what happened until my computer froze and like the battery like. Wait, wait, like literally froze? Or? No, no, since it was so cold, like the battery just like went in two seconds. So what kind of temperatures are we talking? Not, um, it wasn't oh, that cold. It wasn't that cold. Like, I would say not much cold. It was like negative one, maybe. Negative two. Yeah. Or, okay. or two. Wind chill. Yeah. The problem is if you left your phone like outside uh-huh. of your, like, even outside of your like sleeping bag, it would definitely like... like so the same way that they overheat when they're exposed to too much heat and then shut down, like the cold will do the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. For sure. Batteries yes. drain yeah. in the cold. Yeah, I remember I, I left my phone outside and it was dead. And uh, <laughs> I left it in my sleeping bag. And... Um, when I came back down, maybe four or five hours later, I remember I, I opened it up expecting it to be dead, and it had like forty five percent battery. So it just just kind of like shut down. It didn't it didn't like the cold at all. And then so you said you you were back down by one. What about some of your other? What about other people in the room? Are you all at different places, different times? What's that look like? Uh, so I was the first one at 30 like I, I think I, I was like 45 minutes like into walking where I started I, I threw up in the, during the night and I wasn't able to eat anything like at breakfast where everyone else did um, the, the, guy, the guys asked me like are you sure you want to try and I was like I'm here like I should at least try something so I started everyone started walking and like 45 minutes in I start throwing up and then they were like you're not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna and I knew I wasn't gonna make it I just wasn't sure like how far I'd reach. So after 45 minutes, I was like, there's no way. So I just like turned back and the rest of the guys followed. I'm curious, how did, and I don't wanna get like all sentimental, but like how did that make you feel? Cause I know I was on a trip where, where some students did have to turn back and I know it wasn't the easiest thing cause you're there to do conquer the mountain. Yeah. How did that play like? I guess like, I didn't really feel it at the moment. Like I was, like I couldn't feel my head. Like I was throwing up so much. I, was, I wasn't I was even thinking. Like when I was walking, like sometimes like, like wobbly steps. Yeah. I want to feel normal. Yes. It was It was like until like eight hours or like 10 hours after everyone like came back where I started like getting everything back, like my conscious back where I was like, hmm, it sucks that I wasn't gonna, that I wasn't able to, to get there. But like at the moment you can't really like, yeah, <laughs> even like understand time. Yeah, it's crazy. That's what that's what I got from a friend of mine who did with me the Inca Trail in Machu Picchu, which is a considerably less elevation. But bottom line is he got really sick as well. And mm-hmm. when we went back, he just gave exactly the same answer as you. It's just I didn't have time to be disappointed. I was just like not feeling well at all. I just wanted to switch from one to the other as soon as possible. Exactly. Yeah, I had I had the same experience. I was I was this next one down. I came down maybe two hours and a bit um, uh, into the into the hike and for sure like your brain goes into full on survival mode like I don't know about you guys when you when uh, when you came down but I was having these terrible headaches. I was so dizzy I couldn't even I couldn't even see like my my feet where 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 they were supposed to go. I didn't even realize that my headlamp was off and I couldn't see because I I wasn't even concentrated on that. Like my brain just went get down this mountain, right? And like I'm so thankful for my guide that uh, that that pulled me down. I mean really, he was he was the best. He would every fifteen minutes we would stop and he'd be like, do do you need some water? Can I give you an aspirin? Like what do you need? He was so nice. He was so good with that. But yeah, for sure. Like your brain doesn't even register that. You, you didn't get there. Yeah, like, it's not. Maybe in the decision-making process when you're like, okay, I need to go down, maybe it's a little tinge of like, ugh, like a little bit of hesitation, but when, once you start going down, it's really just about getting down. Your brain doesn't think about anything else. Yeah. Especially for me, I mean, I, I have these crazy migraines going down. What was this? Ines. I don't know. No, no, I, I went down next. So I was going up and I started. I like to this is of tapping each other. <laughs> 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 you know the order here. Yeah, the order of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going up and then I started to feel really sick and I thought I was gonna vomit, but then I decided to do the opposite you would do, which is eat. So I ate. I ate. Um, in my bag I had like a smaller bag with dates and well, it was a date and like a. I don't know, nuts. It was like a snack bag too. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. And I, I had the date and it actually like, I like I got a lot of energy back and I was like 
going strong for like 30 more minutes and I started to feel bad again. So then I just, I just quit mentally. I couldn't focus anymore. And I came down. And as I was coming down like 10 minutes in, I, I saw the sunrise. And that was like, I don't know. I just, I felt really bad that I was coming down. But at the same time, I, it was like, like, I was happy for my teammates who could see the sunrise on their way up. So then it was me. So Lucy went down, and immediately after she went down, I was like also experiencing the same symptoms as she was. Like I was really nauseous, I was dizzy, but I can't like I was persistent the whole way. But since she she went down, I, it kind of made me down a lot because it was like she was she's like much more experienced than I am. So I was just like I like the like the doubt started coming in, which ultimately like makes you more like fatigued physically. So then I, I continued like all the way to the base of the glacier, which is like at 5,000 meters. And I was like, I was like really doubtful if I should do it or not, because as Toro said, like if, if you got partnered up and you went down like at mid glacier, the other person would come down with you. So I was like, I didn't want, and the people who were there were like, real, like I knew we we're going to get to the top. And I didn't want to like jeopardize that. So, but then, like, I looked around, and Rucha <laughs> was, like, Rucha, like, threw up, so I was, like, no, like, I can't, people, I don't, that, I don't want that, like, I don't, I, like, I, that can't happen to me, so I just, like, went down, and as well, like, I saw the sunrise, and I, and I was, like, and I felt, like, great when I was down, so it was, it was just, like, oh, like, like, I wish I could have made it, but, like, for, for it to be my first big mountain, I did, like, a pretty good job, so. So that sounds like the glacier at 5,000 meters is like the point of like, okay, point break. Yeah. yeah, you gotta go or you don't go. Yeah, yeah. that's the last unofficial base camp. It's, it's the hard so one. You're, so you're tied in with a partner. Yeah, mm -hmm. before you're going up the glacier, you put your crampons on. Oh no, we had them on before. Right? No, no. Yeah, yeah, we had them on. No, no, we didn't, we didn't have we them did. on before. Okay, yeah, we put them on at the base of the glacier and then we got paired up with someone and we just went up. Yeah, I, I was a fourth, I was a fifth person to go down. Uh, I was an interesting trip. I, I, <laughs> like, I'm, I vomited my first time at three hours, about three hours in. And it, it kind of went in layers. I vomited what I had had for <laughs> breakfast, like, three hours ago. And then, so I was like, oh, okay. And I felt much better because of the adrenaline. So I kept going a little bit. And then, like an hour after that, it came again. But it was, it was like, the, no, it, it was, it was the, it was the meal. Like, it, 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 yeah, that, everything, everything went out. And then I tried eating an apple. And I remember chewing it, it was really good. But then 30 minutes in, I vomited that again. And <laughs> then I, it was, we were like, um, I don't know if I, if I vomited again before going to the, the glacier. before getting to the glacier, yeah, like, but when I was at the glacier, I tried eating a date and <laughs> it, it, Ines remembers, I, I, I think I just tried to to put it in my mouth but my like as soon as I smelled it my mouth I just it, it, everything everything I had just went out of my body and I vomited again like five times like blood and all no 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 equivalent of trying to eat a whole turkey it's just like a date yeah and then but from from that point onwards I no 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 from like six hours in until we got down. I was really conscious. I was just thinking about that I wasn't not gonna that I was not gonna stop. Mm. So I was just thinking about just moving one feet after another. Yeah, that's slow. Uh huh. And I I was going slower than than all of the other guys because my pace is normally very slow. <laughs> but but eventually I we so when we got before the glacier, they asked me if I wanted to go, and I was like yes. So we, we went up, and at the middle of the glacier, I, like, when we were walking, I, my butt just started to fall asleep in, the, like, the middle of walking. I, like, closed my eyes, and I started, like, having dreams. 
So, was, so at, at, that, at that point, I was like, no, no, no. This is dangerous and... and you're on a glacier and you're <laughs> closing your eyes while you're... <laughs> okay, so you, you, that's at the point where you're like, I'm going to... Yes. Right. That sounds scary. Uh, we, we actually have a, we, we have a picture of, uh, I think it was Torres and Diego. They're, uh -huh. they're, uh, they're posing with the sunrise. Ah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm sleeping in the back. In the distance, <laughs> 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 He's so right back there. Who saying, in here uh, did, didn't, like, throw up and get sick? Anyone? Just those two. Super well, I didn't throw up. I just um, felt really sick. Just, uh, yeah. I know the feeling, yeah. Um, but can you finish your story? Oh, okay. So, so at that point that I was, I was falling asleep really bad. And so I, I told my guy, my guy, let's stay here a little bit. Give me 15 minutes. I'll get a quick nap and I'll, I'll be good. But, just 15 minutes. Just 15 minutes. <laughs> so I slept for like 15 minutes and then we got down. But when, when we were going down, I told him, like, hey, every, like, 30 minutes, I want to get a nap. <laughs> or every, like, 40 minutes, every stage, I want to get a nap. So we got off the glacier. I had a nap. But then it started vomiting again. So, so all the way down, I, like, we, we, we finished the stages. And I, like, had quick naps in between. But also vomited. So when we got, we were finishing the, so there's three stages to Pico. There's like the first one, which is volcanic sand, and then there's a labyrinth, and then there's a glacier. Uh, when we finished the labyrinth, I sat down and I remember I was like I I vomited, but at that time it was normal. This <laughs> is it became normal, but it, blood came out. So oh. so I started. So I got worried, and I told the guy that that let's just go down and I didn't sleep mm -hmm. and everything was okay yeah yeah, yeah I, I, I think just some capillaries broke from trying it yeah because there was nothing more to puke the guys that actually you guys can top it off I mean I guess I can skip my next question it was can you describe some of the challenges physical mental yeah it's check I I try to prepare myself a lot mentally for this because I I had I struggled in the previous the last year's guide so I knew what I was up against so I trained harder and mentally and physically just getting myself into the idea that I'm going to have a very bad time <laughs> and that things could go bad and I could simply not make it. And like making it a competition against myself, not the mountain <laughs> or my peers, just me and my body. And so I went to sleep 6 p.m. And I knew that was the most crucial part of the whole hike because the way that I felt when I woke up, I would know whether I was going to go up or not because in East Asiwato, I woke up feeling pretty bad. And I know that made it, pretty, that made it very difficult, even though I, I still made it. So I wake up at 12 a.m. feeling like it's a Friday morning and we start school at 10 a.m. So I felt amazing <laughs> and I just... I woke up, I remember telling Diego, like, exactly the same thing. How do you feel when you woke up? He goes, like, I'm feeling great. And then I tell our, the other, our other peer who made it, like, how are you feeling? And he's like, like, I'm feeling great. And I'm like, all right, like, we're going to make it to the top. Like, I know for a fact that by this time, I, I knew that we were going to make it to the top. And I was, I just, I never got, a, I never got dizzy or, or fatigued. I... I was I kept my constant pace all the way up, trying to support it. Others I remember telling Ines that she had to get her she had this flower because <laughs> she was gonna represent flower power. <laughs> and I remember telling her like, Nothing wrong. like it's gonna get to the top. Nice. <laughs> and But my doubtfulness like eventually beat me. Oh, like I did I yeah. I didn't have that persistence mentally that you guys did. For those who did, you guys are there's something that's interesting here. You guys are on the the hike last year, so like a little bit more experience, not a lot, but at least you knew knew like the physical and mental. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, do, do you think that helped? 
Definitely. Definitely. Like, you know what you were up against. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking that too, because I think it's you know, something that Lucy said before. It's a year out, and I even myself am thinking, like, why would I do that again? Like, a month after, I said, why would I ever do that? I'll never do that again. But, like, six months after, it's like, oh, I want to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. What, what stage are you guys at right now? I, I, I hit that stage at 8 a.m. after I came down. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I came down. Check. Like, out of my place. No, 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 no. I went straight to sleep. I woke, I woke back up again. I looked up, and I was like, I feel perfect. Uh-huh. I want to get up there. Now, this sucks that I couldn't get up there. And I was like, at that moment, I was already planning the next trip in my head. And I was like, I was like, Lucy, you know what? We're coming back. We're going to do this with a couple more days. We're going to climatize. Like, I was already and with that in my head. And the puking blood, where are you at? Oh, no, I'm coming back. Um, <laughs> the, the moral, we call it cruda moral. But it's it, it's a moral hangover. The moral, moral hangover. hangover. <laughs> it's it's too. The fact that I had to turn back when I was so close to finishing, it hurts. I find that very interesting. Without knowing what you guys were going to share, is that you may reach the summit, and that's um, and, and that is the ultimate goal. But um, this podcast that I was listening to was talking about the pursuit of happiness, and the pursuit of happiness is that process right is that road is just is the is what goes on between you and going to where you want to go and achieve it or not and a lot of the times that ends up being the actual mm-hmm. end of the game so it's not it, it's not called the achievement of happiness it's like it's that, that entire process that it goes for ages for entire life of just yes. like looking for something new to bring you joy and attacking it and exploring it yeah absolutely I mean I don't know about everyone else, but I, I know that I, I was speaking with uh, Ines and Lucy because you guys were were, were the ones that uh, came down after me. I don't know was dead. He was asleep. <laughs> but uh, I know I was talking with them, with uh, Ines and Lucy about how even just getting to base camp it made it absolutely 100% worth it. I mean, getting up to the mountain would have been a bonus for sure. Like, at least for me, the whole experience of, like, getting to Puebla having dinner with everybody. I know everybody was watching the Everest movie while I was finishing one of my final papers I had to get in for a class. Like, it, was, it was a shared experience, and I think we're all sort of similar in the fact that we feel the most alive when we're sort of pushing ourselves to the extremes, and just, just getting there really was, was totally 100% worth it for me, and I think for, uh, for most of us, and just going up and having a shot at, at taking on the mountain was like an extra. It's true like this that like was that like Mariano said, getting to know each other but also getting to know yourself because when you're up against this mountain in complete wilderness, disconnected from society, you just and the challenges you face because you end up learning a lot about yourself. So that's what like that's the goal that I wanted to achieve and I felt that I did. Because I, when I, I learned some things about myself and I made new connections and which has brought me here, like back here in Monterrey, like new experiences as well. And also we, like after, after the hike, we also went with my, to my grandmother's house, like all of us <laughs> together. So it was a fun experience mm-hmm. altogether. Yeah. Like, so great. would you say it's a real character builder? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And a real friendship exactly. builder, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, I know that with, uh, with the people that, that, that went up, I mean, I've gone camping since then with a couple of you guys. I'm really good friends with most of you guys. If not all of us, we, we, we became a lot, a lot closer than we were, and our, our friendships grew. So I think that, I mean, it's a great trip just to have with friends. It's funny to know how, like, this all began, like, as a small group. And then, like, I remember as the Inez got into the group, and she was like, oh, she was telling me, like, oh, we're going to do the trip. And I was like, oh, okay, I want to go too. And then I was telling my friends, and I told Mariana, and Mariana was like, oh, like, I want to go too. So it became like a chain, sort of. And then, like, all of us were like, and then Mariana told Ferruccio, and Ferruccio was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And then we all got to do it. Um, but also, it's, I think it's important to note that the guys that uh, really made it, like, they were, they were literally, like, um, doing it, like, three times a week, like, hikes three times a week. Yeah. 
Well, I can speak for myself. I think I did like one hike a week or like less. So um, it was it was definitely a lack of training too um, when it comes to elevation. So that was one of the challenges. But it was um, an amazing experience. It really was. And thanks to I think Lucy, who I think we mentioned before, but paving the way the year before mm -hmm. and organizing the whole trip. And I know I signed up not knowing what I was getting myself into, <laughs> but it was definitely I, I share all the same things you said, character builder, like you know you build relationships with people, especially through suffering. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> I don't know if you wanted to comment on your you did summit or yeah it's, well going back to to what Mr. Alvarez was saying about the pursuit of happiness and the process of getting there I think the mentality of just like like thinking that I wasn't gonna make it and I was just like like not imagining the summit but imagining the whole process of it I think that's what got me to the top okay like just enjoying like the whole process right so I, I got a quick question. At some point, we wanted to ask you guys about like the equipment that you will need. But now, thinking about it, that's probably something that you can get online or even your guides do. But yeah. I'm more concerned about if any one of you, which was your, your item, like your thing that you would recommend <laughs> somebody to take with you because this saved my life and everybody was so jealous or so forth. I, I mentioned it earlier in the podcast. But definitely, 100%, for sure, the best investment you can make in gear is a good sleeping bag. It will save your bacon. Like, it will make you sleep well. It will keep you warm and toasty. Like, it is so important for a good hike, a good mountain experience. What about Ines? you agree? Like, yes, but also a good backpack. Because my backpack was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it caused, like, a lot of pain in my back. Like one of those seventies wow. with the metal still on. Uh -huh, exactly. back. No. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, like that. That was like the joke. Like it was. Yeah. It was just the joke. Like the joke of the group. But the mossy oak. Mossy oak. That was the brand. <laughs> but also just like good. Like uh, other than that, it was just good layers and the basic good equipment. Good that, pair of boots. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. Yeah. Something people usually overlooked was sunscreen. I was the one that was applying sunscreen to everyone. <laughs> I have my own uh, sunscreen bar. And like most of the people were like red the, <laughs> the day uh, when they got to school. Like, they were red for a whole week because like the sun, since it's yeah, so high. Reflection. Yeah. Well, exactly. My, my sunburn bled. Yeah. Like, <laughs> It bled. And I had no sunburn. And you guys have melanin, all of you. I've seen people like really chewed up by sun and altitude. And it's just not pretty. So it's a great advice. What about like, do you get, nobody got like a teddy bear or like a pillow or like <laughs> you know, rabbit's foot? <laughs> well, I brought antiacids and that helps me not throw up, but they do. Clearly. Um, but it was, it was definitely something that should work. I think we should probably wrap up soon, but um, one of the final questions, and you mentioned it earlier, uh, JP, around like kind of respect for the mountain, or I'm not sure what you meant, but maybe you can follow up on that, but is uh, how can the climber honor the connection to nature on a trip like this, and how can we that? keep that route for other climbers as well, you know, how can you make yourself that this keeps going? Well, in, 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 in those terms, obviously, always like leaving no trail and that also goes to say for people who throw like orange peels because at altitude they don't biodegrade and even if they like it takes way longer because it's just not enough there's not enough I'm not pretty no sure the, yeah, <laughs> the biology behind it it just doesn't biodegrade that quickly but I call it magic yeah, okay. <laughs> as for the respect for the mountain I think I think that's the most important part of the of the hike acknowledging like it's gonna sound weird but actually talking to the mountain so like having a conversation with the mountain like like I respect you and you're not gonna make my life difficult tomorrow but I'm like I'm here as a visitor like I hope like you welcome me at, in, in the mountain don't like don't underestimate the mountain like, know that you're gonna have a very hard time and that if you're not trying to fight nature or you will you will lose it's it's you and versus yourself i think that really sums up our experience and we'll definitely like we will definitely try again as a group because we will get there <laughs> no let me know i i 
I missed the first installment of this Mountain Slayers, and um, I don't know. I think that I should puke with all of you guys after this. It's, like, it's the least that I can do. Um, I don't know if there's any final words if you want to share or. There's the charm. Yeah. Third time's the charm. So who who here? Um, I know you're, like you're here next year, right? You're in the eleventh mm -hmm. grader. Yep. Are the rest of you seniors? No, I'm, I'm in eleventh grade. I'm eleventh grade. Okay, so is there, uh, like I guess is there a plan? What's next? Personally, go back, but who knows? Like. These types of plans just kind of like spontaneous. Like yeah, they're really spontaneous. So, mm -hmm. but there is plans to tackle another. Mm -hmm. Yeah, other mountains. Yeah, other mountains. Yeah. All right. That's fine. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time. We appreciate it. Wow. Um. I think I said it one more time. I really hope that I get the opportunity to be part of this amazing group of people, of climbers that share the same passion with me. And um, I did miss a couple of uh, attempts at big mountains, but I was incredibly lucky to be part of this recording. I felt that, uh, you know what I mean? I felt it was a reunion. I felt like yeah. they haven't done it in a while and uh, it was very genuine and, and it was amazing. I feel very lucky to be part of it. And I just want to kind of finish by saying just uh, from a kind of education or teaching perspective, um, it is a kind of educational podcast. It is. But I think it's kind of very interesting or amazing to hear um, through the students' kind of stories, the, I guess, the amount of learning and struggle and perseverance and physical and mental, mental growth that happens in, in, a, in a place outside of formal like education setting. So this is all happening on a, on a big mountain, but you can hear it in the students' voice and, and just how they share their story that, you know, they learned a lot about each other. They learned a lot about themselves. They struggled and overcame and persevered. And I just think it's, it's uh, important for us to remember as educators that, you know, how much learning can happen, you know, beyond our belt <laughs> that's a good point so uh but that's that that's all for for now thanks so much for listening we'll be back